I'm Xander Wilson, and welcome to another episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast. This podcast is about lessons learned in running a business, with a strong focus on startup founders and CEOs. It's all about finding out what gaps these disruptors have identified in the market, what they're doing differently to their competitors, and of course, to find out their silver bullet for business success. On today's episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast, I'm chatting with Bianca Tarrant, co-founder of meat delivery subscription service, Our Cow. During the podcast, we chat about crowdfunding capital, the value of consumers knowing where their food comes from, and why purpose is at the center of everything they do. Bianca, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So for anyone that might not be familiar, tell me a little bit about Our Cow, how you got started and, and where the business is at at the moment. Yeah, so Our Cow is an online paddock-to-plate meat company. We home deliver grass-fed, free-range and organic meat products that we source directly from Aussie farmers and we deliver all across Australia. Uh, we started in 2019, Dave and I and my partner, after our farm was really badly devastated by bushfires and drought. We, um, you know, we were put in a really bit of a predicament where we couldn't really afford to keep going on the farm the way that we were as a farmer. You never really know what price you're going to get for your livestock. You just kind of hope and pray that the price is going to be up and you make some money on the day that you go to sell them. And we were we were pretty young. Like we went, we bought our farm when we were quite young. We went into a lot of debt to stock the place and we were just going backwards at a rate of knots, not knowing what prices we were going to get for our livestock. And we came into the drought, which just plummeted the livestock prices even further. So we sort of came up with the idea of trying to sell our meat online. Like we just started the Facebook page and just started advertising meat from our own farm for sale because we knew that the meat prices were a bit more stable than the livestock prices and we'd be able to guarantee ourselves a price and and have a guaranteed market for our livestock as well. So that's how it sort of started. It just started with um, out of necessity, really. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess what sort of gap in the market did you identify? I mean, obviously, there were probably similar services, you know, around at the time. I guess, ha- what gap did you identify and how are you doing things differently to, to other providers out there that are doing doing other things? Yeah, I think the gap in the market was really just um, consumers wanting to know where their food comes from and having the, the convenience and the quality of having home-delivered produce and knowing that they're actually supporting farmers. Like we see, um, you know, the only time you ever really hear about farmers is when there's some sort of crisis like a drought or a fire or a flood and, you know, everyone feels sorry for us. But we really wanted to provide a, an avenue for people in the city to support farmers every day through their food choices. And there is a lot of other paddock-to-plate companies and a lot of farmers wanting to sell their own beef. Like I'm sure every farmer on the face of the world has ever thought about selling their own produce or selling whatever they produce directly to the consumer but we're actually doing it and we're doing it at scale which is something that hasn't been done before like a lot of farmers just sell their own beef and their own their own product but we really wanted to provide an avenue for farmers all across Australia to sell their produce directly to consumers and I think that's been um, it's been a model that we've been able to scale and allow our farmers just to keep farming because farmers aren't necessarily good at you know, butchering, delivering, logistics, marketing, all those other things that we've managed to um, to take control of. So our farmers can just farm and we look after everything else. Yeah, and you mentioned there that, you know, sort of allows farmers to, to keep farming. What what other things, you know, informed your, I guess, getting to this point? What, what else was your career background before or ha- had you always been a farmer? And what made you think that you'd be able to really take the step and do something really completely different to, to what other people were doing around you? 
I think it was just more out of necessity than anything. Like we really needed, like I said, we needed to do something different. And that's sort of where we were thinking of, you know, we, we racked our brains for months trying to think of how we can, we really wanted to stay on the farm and continue to be farming, but it's just so um, unsustainable with the money, with the money that you get as a farmer, unless you've got thousands and thousands of cows and acres and everything else. And that just wasn't achievable for us. So we really wanted to try and um, make the most out of the block that we had. But going back to your question, like we don't have any experience in marketing or butchering or meat processing or anything like that. It was just like, we've, we've learned along the way as we've, as we've gone, we've, we've been farmers for, you know, Dave's been a farmer for his whole life, basically. And before that, we were working in the mine. So we didn't, you know, we don't have any, you know, I can't tell you that we have heaps of degrees because it's not true. <laughs> yeah. And do you, do you, I guess, do you think that, I guess, not coming from the outside, actually coming from the inside, being a farmer yourself has sort of allowed you to sort of, I guess, understand the needs of, of your suppliers and that sort of thing. And then the second part of the question is, what was it like when you first, you know, took this proposition to people that were farming and said, you know, look, we're the new people on the block, you should go with us. How hard was it to sell to them? Yeah, well, I guess um, trying to get other farmers on board, it was it had its challenges like to start with everyone everyone thinks it's a good idea you know everyone likes the idea of selling their own produce but there was a lot of skeptics as well you know people sort of saying we'll never be able to do it the overheads will be too high we'll never be able to compete with the online um, auction platforms and the the you know the sale yards and things like that so there has always been a lot of skeptics and I think it probably it's not really until now where people are starting to take us a little bit more seriously now that we're a bit more of an established band we've been around for a few years now so we are starting to be taken a bit more seriously in the livestock industry which is what we wanted we really want to have an impact in the livestock industry and provide an avenue for a different avenue for farmers to sell their produce and also um encourage farmers to stay on the land like we 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 work with so many young families that their young kids are coming through and a lot of our farmers say that they didn't they didn't know what they were going to do with their kids and if there'd be a future for them on the farm but with a model like ours it just really brings so much more stability to their farming operation yeah and you spoke a little bit about the bushfires we've obviously had quite a few natural disasters in in recent years um i guess what what what's the main benefit for, for for farmers for going through a subscription service like yourselves rather than just going through, I guess, the the general normal avenues that a lot of people would go through, perhaps the big supermarkets and that sort of thing? I think it's just a it's just different. It's different market. It's it's a unique um it's a unique livestock as well. Like it's not just a commodity base. We really pride our farmers on being grass fed, grass finished high animal welfare, they're sustainable, they're ethical. And we really want to tell our farmer's stories. Like it's not very often as a farmer that anyone really gets to know your story or what you do on your farm or, you know, your how long you've been farming for. But we're really passionate about that and we really like telling our farmer's stories. So, and it becomes a real, um, it becomes a, a sense of pride for our farmers to get to know, to know that there's a family enjoying um, their produce and sitting down and enjoying something that they've actually produced on their farm. Yeah, and I guess when it comes to to consumers, uh, how did you first go about, you know, getting this in front of people? You know, I've sort of read, you know, social media played a big part, you know, like what were the sort of experiences with, you know, first getting a website and that sort of thing, I guess, sort of take us through that whole process. 
Yeah, to start off with, it was just literally Facebook posts. Like we'd just post up and say, hey, we want to sell some beef. And that's sort of how it started. And it just sort of snowballed from there. It wasn't until a few months later that we launched a website, but it was literally, it, it wasn't an e-commerce website. It was a blog and we used to invoice people for their um, whatever they said that they wanted to buy. So we didn't, you know, we didn't just start out and have the fancy website and amazing processing facilities. Like we literally just bootstrapped and learned along the way. So yeah, we it was um just random people I'm pretty sure the first delivery was like our friends and family that felt sorry for us but you know after that it kind of grew from there yeah and I guess when it comes to bringing on board um partners and and farmers how, how does that process come about how do you how do you select who you want to work with um you know how do you sort of keep those quality controls in place where you know it, it sort of fits under the our cow mission and banner yeah, so we have um, a pretty strict process to become an our cow farmer. It's not just any old Joe that can supply us. Like we have, uh, we have a livestock manager that sort of vets all of our vendors and suppliers before they actually supply us. We like to go to the farms as well and have a look at their operation. And it's, it's you know, they have to fit our specifications as well. Like we have a really strict grid and guidelines that our farmers need to meet in order to supply us. Yeah, and and in turn, just wanted to ask as well, what was the experience like when you started to expand the company just just beyond yourself, beyond yourselves? Sorry, um, when you started to bring on more employees, what, what what sort of things did you learn from from that process? How have you been able to, I guess, change the way that you bring people on board and 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 hire people, and then also, you know, I guess, what what sorts of people do you look for to bring into the business? Yeah, so. Um... The, to start off with, I guess we just started really small. Like it was just Dave and I, we had one other person and we've just been able to grow gradually, like bringing a couple of people in at a time. And now we have, you know, a team of over 40 people. So it's um, pretty significant. But obviously as the business grows, like there's more things we have to put in place, HR, all that sort of stuff comes into play, the bigger that you get. But, you know, we we crawled before we ran. Like we it was two of us and it was three of us and it was, you know, 10 of us. So it's just grown gradually. Yeah, and and when it comes to also, I guess the other processes of of creating a company from scratch, you know, obviously you sort of we've mentioned already hiring people, but there's also things like you know raising capital and and that sort of thing. What would what would you put the I guess biggest challenges that you've faced so far, just in terms of the actual process of creating the company and and growing and scaling? Yeah, I'd say just the well the capital side of things, like you know it. Like I mentioned before, the business just was completely bootstrapped by Dave and myself to start with. It wasn't until last year that we did our first capital raise. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it does help having capital in the business and gives you a bit of breathing room as well. Yeah, and I understand when it comes to capital raises, you guys have been crowdfunding these. Why did you choose to go down that 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 way of doing things and and I guess how is that different from a way a lot of other companies do um do raise capital yeah we we went down the crowdfunding path because we have so many farmers suppliers customers that we knew would want to be part of the business like we wanted to really bring a sense of community to everybody and and bring them on board and bring them on the journey with us and when we did that it just it really, it just felt so empowering to bring our customers on the journey and to give them some equity in our business. And it just, you know, we have customers for life now by doing that, you know, they're never going to buy their product anywhere else. They're, they're basically just singing and praising our cow to everybody they know because they they own a part of us. So it's really, it's a really strong sense of community. 
Yeah, and we spoke already before about, I guess, the impact of of natural disasters on on the starting of the business. Obviously, the last few years have been, you know, inextricably linked with with COVID and and the crises that health health crises and other crises that have come out of that. How much do you think, you know, the COVID pandemic has has played a role in in making people comfortable with, I guess, you know, subscription and those services and that sort of thing? Do you think that that a business like Alcow would have, you know, gotten where it was if it wasn't for the pandemic, perhaps? I think prior to the pandemic, like we had, we did have really good growth prior to the pandemic as well. Like we'd only been established for about a year, but um, we were trending upwards quite significantly. And obviously the pandemic helped, like it forced people to stay at home and it just made everybody more comfortable with ordering online and having their food delivered. So I think it just really changed our culture and changed our expectations of food. And it really made people aware that how convenient it is to have food delivered instead of having to hustle and bustle through shopping centers so it definitely has changed a lot of people's mentality around food and food subscriptions and things like that yeah and and when it comes to i guess the big supermarkets um i guess how much of the how much of the problems that a lot of cattle and livestock farmers have uh, have i guess been created by the big supermarkets and and the second half of that question is you know we've seen and are continuing to see supermarkets close down butchers within their own ranks do you sort of see that as an opportunity for yourselves as well yeah like you know we're always actively looking for butchers we have skilled butchers in our processing plant here that you know work with us every day and it's a real it's a real trade like it's a it's a craftsmanship and I'd hate to see it become one of those dying trades you know so you know we still actively look for butchers we have a team of butchers here and I think it's really important part of the whole meat processing side of the business I think the um you know the supermarkets have obviously got to do what's best for them and and make it work for them but for us it's you know we're still really passionate about having skilled labor here yeah, and and when it comes to Alcow, I guess as a company, you've obviously got you know a really uh, a really main purpose and mission for 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 how it's run, and 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 that that's obviously something that a lot of the customers buy into. How important was I guess starting the business and having a real purpose sort of permutate all the way through everything you did with the business? I think that's been our biggest success so far and our driving force is we've, we had a really strong why when we started the business. We, we wanted to start because we needed to guarantee ourselves a price for our livestock and we knew that there'd be other farmers in the same boat as well. And the, the business has really grown from that. You know, Our business is built on the back of supporting farmers. Like We're farmers ourselves. We know the struggles that we go through on the land and you know, we want to be able to connect with people that actually eat our food because at the end of the day, agriculture is going to be driven by people in the city, not by people in the bush. So if people in the city are choosing to source good quality food that's ethically farmed and straight from the farmer and they know that they're putting a couple of extra bucks back in that farmer's pocket, well, you know, there's a really bright industry and a future for us. Yeah, and and during the during the recent floods, we saw you guys, you know, helping out farmers by by helping out over Christmas, you know, with that ham promotion. Are you are you likely to continue to do those sorts of things where you can sort of help out and give back, especially when you know there are disasters beyond beyond the control of people living in those rural areas? Yeah, definitely. If there's anything we can ever do um, to help out, like it was the same in the bushfires, we spent months and months fighting fires on neighbouring properties, and we'll do whatever we can to help the rural community because when times do get tough that's one really special thing about a rural community is everybody pulls together yeah and what does the future i guess you know looking six months a couple years down the track look like for our cow where are you guys hoping to be are you hoping to expand into new markets what what sort of what's on the agenda 
Yeah, we're looking to increase our product range. So we're just about to launch seafood into our product range and we'll be opening a few other ranges throughout the year as well. And we just want to really focus on our delivery times. Yeah, and, and just on that, does seafood, I guess, present you know, quite a different challenge to to the livestock and, and, and meat you've worked with in the past? It's actually very similar. You know, fishermen are going through the exact same troubles and challenges that livestock farmers go through. They're being dictated to by wholesalers. They're being they're having to deal with uh, illegal fishing, imported products. So their their business is impacted exactly the same as a beef farmer or a sheep farmer. So if we can provide those guys a, a stable market to sell their avid, to sell their produce directly to consumers as well, we're really happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to my final question, which is something we've touched on already, and I guess in terms of the purpose and the mission of your business and yourselves, but but it's what is your silver bullet for business success? And it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's related to business. You know, sometimes it's it's just, you know, a, a way of thinking. Some people come on here and say it's, you know, going for a run or doing yoga in the morning. If you had to put down where you guys have gotten to, obviously through a lot of adversity to one or a couple of, of things that you sort of keep close to your heart, what would they be? I think um, it's probably a lot of it comes down to work ethic and really pushing yourself in in ways that probably other people aren't prepared to, like putting the work in, putting the hours in and, and really knuckling down when times do get tough and not giving up. But one other thing I'd say is like looking after yourself personally is probably a big thing. Like when you've got a, a business that's grown at the rate that ours has and you've got you know, we now have like f- over 40 people that's lives depend on us. We really have to look after ourselves as well and make sure that we're in a good headspace and we're healthy and we're, 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 we're in the right frame of mind to run this company every day. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see uh, where the company goes next. Anyway, Bianca Tarrant, co-founder of Our Cow, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me.